0: Uh, when we read funerals, if we, I remember one day we didn't have any, and somebody called up and she was, How comes there's no funerals? And I said, Well, nobody died. Like, we don't have any to put on. She said, Well, I don't think that's right. She hung up.
1: Welcome to episode number 10 of the Johnny O Show, brought to you by Drive On Media. Big thank you to Michelle Roy and Ann Woods for being my guests in the first of the CFAN series. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, ladies. I do appreciate it. This summer, I'll be talking to former on-air personalities that have worked at 790 CFAN, or 99 Through the River, here in Miramachine New Brunswick. And uh, you can always uh, check out the website at 993theriver.com and check out the Facebook page as well. Now that we're going back to green, it was announced uh, this week that uh, July 31st will be uh, when New Brunswick goes back to green, lifting the restrictions. So I'm looking forward to being able to chat with some of these folks face to face. And uh, so stay tuned for that. Make sure you get your notifications for future episodes of the Johnny O Show by subscribing to Drive On Media on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. You can also listen and subscribe on the podcast website at driveon.podbean.com That's driveon.podbean.com Big thank you to uh, Jason Berry of Berry Tone Studios for providing the theme music for the Johnny O Show. And again, thank you to Jamie Alexander from the Downriver Music Festival for the logo of the Johnny O Show. And as well, please like the Drive On Media Facebook page. Share it among your friends, family, and in-laws as well. So let's get started. This is our big episode number 10. And today we're chatting with Ev Gray on the Johnny O Show, presented by Drive On Media. It's episode number 10 of the Johnny O Show and this series we're talking to folks that have worked at CFAN over the years and uh, this guy I've been looking forward to chatting with, I I think he's got probably the the smoothest, coolest voice that I've ever heard on CFAN, the one and only Ev Gray. Hi Ev, how are you? john how are you thanks for the great introduction oh great to talk to you you know i i gotta i gotta tell you a story this is probably the radio geek of me but i think the first time we ever met i don't know why i don't know why but you were doing a remote and i'm gonna say it was at uh, macintosh honda where the current location is right now miramichi honda but you were doing a remote there and for whatever reason i went in i don't know why i went in but i went in to have a chat with you and, uh, it was, it was just, uh, I don't know why I remember that, but I think that was my first time ever talking to you. And, uh, uh and then of course, uh, back a few years ago when we, the station had the 65th anniversary, we got a chance to co-host on the air, but, uh, uh, yeah, really look forward to, uh, having this chat with you. So thanks for doing this.
0: Ah, oh, thank you. I appreciate you, uh, ask, inviting me. It's really cool.
1: So, have, of course, uh, born, raised here on the Miramichi.
0: Ah, oh. direction. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, I was. <laughs> um, I was born in Prince Edward Island. Okay, um, my father is originally from Maritimes, mm-hmm. and he was in the Air Force, and so I was born in PEI. Actually, I was I was in PEI, Nova Scotia, Ontario. Uh, by the time I was six years old, and then I moved here when I was seven, and I'm. I consider myself a lifelong Miramichi because I've been here since I was seven years old. Sure. But, uh, I was actually born in PEI.
1: Okay, well, there's something that I didn't know. Uh, but what was, you know, once you moved to the Miramachia as, as a child, what was life like for you here?
0: Well, I, I grew up in Douglas Town mm-hmm. and um, went to, I, I actually went to Rankin House when it was still a school. Wow, That's really? how old I am. Uh, yeah, I'm an old guy. I went from, <laughs> When I was in Ontario, they had a school from grade kindergarten to grade 13, all in one school. Then we moved here, and in Douglastown, Town, went to Rankin House, which had three classrooms and two portables. Wow. So it was quite a change. And uh, another great memory from there, Mike Wood started teaching. And of course, we had no gymnasium. So Mike used to have an outdoor rink in his backyard, which wasn't too far from school. So he used to take us down to his backyard to play hockey, uh, for gym time. And, uh, I think we busted about three or four of his windows with the pucks going oh, up. Geez. It was, it was, uh, it was amazing. Now, I always remember that. And of course, I went to Mambushan Valley High School. Uh, and that's where I started getting into, uh, the bug for radio. Uh, they had, I did some recording of school dances and then, uh, at lunchtime. They had a little mini radio program going where they, they uh, had music going in during the, uh, into the cafeteria at lunchtime.
1: Okay. Yes, I was, remember that. Uh,
0: five of us. Yeah. And five of us would rotate uh, being the hosts and we'd talk a little bit and then we'd pick our own music. There was nobody telling us what to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, so once I started doing that, it was like, you know, I, I really enjoy this and I always had a big love for music and Um, As you can tell now, I like to talk, so um, yeah, it started bugging me, and I started looking into uh, maybe doing something professionally, so uh, that's when I started applying, and and, uh, ended up going to uh, Loyalist College in Belleville, Ontario.
1: Okay, and so that was the uh, the broadcasting program there?
0: Yeah, Uh, my first year I took journalism, Mm -hmm. and I enjoyed it, but... Even even it was funny because some of my teachers told me, are you sure you're in the right program? Because, like, I always like to do funny things. And, and, uh, you know, when you're doing the news, there's not a whole lot of laughs you can have with that. So it was like, uh, it was a little struggle there. So they, you know, a couple of my teachers sat me down one day and said, you know, maybe you should be in the radio program. And I was like, well, yeah, I think you might be right. So I ended up after my first year switching to uh, radio broadcasting and uh, fell in love right away with the whole thing. Uh, it's funny. I can remember the first day we had to get up and talk about ourselves and we were allowed to write it down a piece of paper. I stood up in front of everyone and my hands were shaking like crazy, like it was nuts. But the first time I turned on a microphone in our, at our campus radio station, no nerves ever. It was just as calm as anything, but uh, yeah, so I went there for two years and loved it. Had probably one of the best times of my life was spending time up there, like uh, you're in a classroom with uh, 30 practical jokers and uh, (laughs) there was a lot of laughs and uh, a lot of fun and we got to do some pretty pretty spectacular things and uh, met some celebrities along the way while we're up there and then... I did my uh, internship at CFAN, and when I was done that, Ian uh, said, Do you want a job when you're graduated?" You're all wow. i Get in touch with me when you're when you're done in April.
1: So, around what time would this have been?
0: Uh, it was 1989 when I did my internship. Okay, uh, I went to Loyola in '87, and I uh, was done in '89. April 89 I was home for I think two weeks and the phone rings and it was Ian on the phone and he said you are supposed to call me about a job (laughs) he said don't you want to work for me and I said well yeah I said I just got home he said no you've been home for two weeks (laughs) (laughs) and so anyways I said yeah and he said and this was at four o'clock and he said you're on the air at six so be here at five and you not wow and I was like, holy cow. So, uh you know, got all my stuff ready. I had my headphones, all that stuff. And I was walking up the stairs because we were at the old location then, in the old Sears building. Yeah. Uh, where Douglas Had Auto Parts is now. I was walking up the stairs and the evening guy coming down. And he looks at me and says, good luck. <laughs> he got fired <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> <Right there. laughs> oh yeah yeah.
1: so you, you so, actually uh, you, you met the guy that you were replacing
0: yeah well I had met him when I did my internship because I was operating for him when I was part of my job okay. so I knew him, and he went he went to Loyalist um, he was second year when I was in first year so I knew him beforehand and uh, so yeah it was pretty awkward and uh, I was just like okay <laughs> and uh yeah went up the stairs and got everything ready and ian came in and he said don't say your name not allowed to say your name for a week it's like, okay so wow. on the air and yeah it was uh, quite an intro
1: any idea why he would say that not to say your name for a week
0: um i, I thought about it. the only thing i could think of is maybe he didn't want Like a lot of times, especially when you first start, you say your name constantly because you want people to know who you are. And I think maybe he didn't want that. I'm I'm not really sure. Maybe he he was worried I wasn't going to cut it and he just didn't want anybody to know and (laughs) (laughs) you never know. But uh, I didn't ask him, but uh, it, it was interesting. Nice. I, I know after the first week I said, it's all right to say my name. He said, yes, I guess you're going to be here. A while.
1: so it <laughs> sounded good. We're talking about Ian Byers here. Of course, you know, the, he, he owned the station at the time, I believe, or was he general manager? I can't remember. Yeah. He had,
0: he had, he was the general manager, but he had shares, like he was part of the owner of the company. So. Okay. Like he semi owned it.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. It was
0: what- a, it was a complicated process.
1: <laughs> what was your first experience with Ian Byers? Like, how how did you meet him? Uh, was it, you know, because of the <laughs> the internship, or was it prior to that?
0: Well, I knew who he was, mm-hmm. because anybody on the mirror machine knew who Ian Byers was at that time. Yeah. Uh, the first time I met him was in December. I went in to uh, set up my internship, because I had written a letter. And uh, asked if I could do it there. And he said, yes. He said, just come in at Christmas time to see me. Well, Christmas time, of course, as you know, uh, is the busiest time at the radio station. Yeah. So it was really hard to get to see him. So I, I called about, I don't know, eight or nine times trying to set up an appointment with him. And, it, and nothing was happening. I, I was starting to panic. Like, i was, like, <laughs> I, I got to do this internship. And, and then I can't get to meet him, so I I actually sent another tape up to another station, just in case. But anyways, he finally agreed to meet with me, it was the first time, so I I walked the stairs, and I I went to his office, and um, it was interesting, he was, he, he, of course, had the long hair, and he had it in a ponytail, Mm -hmm. and uh, he was jumping on a trampoline, (laughs) and he I'm not lying, and he was talking in the Indian accent, and he kept doing this to mm-hmm. me the whole time, and I'm just like, holding down <laughs> So about I don't know, about halfway through, I was like, "Okay, he's not taking this too serious." So I, I actually got up, started to leave, and he goes, "Where are you going?" I'm like, well, I said, "I, I know you're Ian buyers, and, and you know I don't think they're taking this too serious, and I really want to." you know, get this done. So if I have to go somewhere else I will. And I said thank you for the time and we started walking out. And he started talking his normal voice and got off the trampoline and sit down and got behind his desk. And, and so after that he was fine. And that's why I found out about Ian, if you if you stood up to him, he was fine. Like he, he always tried to push you as much as he mm-hmm. could, but if you stood up to him, he was uh he was a lot better. So it was, uh, it was an interesting first meeting. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> to say the least. I know. Yeah. yeah. Jumping on yeah, a trampoline.
0: That, <laughs> oh yeah. 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 It was, uh, quite the sight, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he did give me my first opportunity and I'm always grateful for that. He, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he was tough to work for. There was a lot of crazy things that you had to uh, just shake your head. And, yeah kind of ignore, but uh, it was funny, the last two or three weeks there, like, he announced that he was leaving, that he bought a station in Ontario, and, and the last three weeks through there, he was, like, completely changed. He would he, come into your office and sit down and talk to you about football or anything else, and hmm. lots of laughs, and it's just, like, you know, it, it's too bad he couldn't have been like that the entire time, but yeah, I, I mean, he, he loved the mayor, machine loved the community, he did you know, if you wanted something on the air, he did it. Like I'll never, uh, I'll never say anything bad about him that way. And he, uh, like, he, he knew how to make money. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Did he ever say why he decided to buy a station in, in Ontario and move there?
0: Well, he, that's where he's originally from. Is Ontario? He okay. was from Hamilton. Oh, okay. And he was, and uh, what happened was Maritime uh, broadcasting. Uh, the three guys that own that mm-hmm. bought, bought everybody out so he was you know he he wasn't going to run the station anymore so he was looking for a new opportunity so sure uh, yeah so he uh placed in Halliburton opened up and he, I think he knew that was going to be a pretty good location with uh, was a ski resort in the winter time forced uh, a lot of boating in the summer so it was uh Pretty wealthy area to, move, to have a radio station. Sure. So, yeah. And the station there, they had um, uh, his house was right above it. The station was downstairs. And okay. Upstairs, which which for Ian would love because he, he there wasn't too many hours he wasn't at the station. Like when yeah. I started, uh, I did the evening shift, so he'd be done at five, and then he'd go home, and then he'd come back at nine, record commercials, and then. So he'd be there from eight o'clock till ten o'clock before he left, and then he'd leave. So mm. you know, he's there from eight to five, and then he's there again from eight to ten every every day.
1: Yeah, it uh, from any anything that I've ever heard about Ian, he's he always you know he, he worked lots of hours, but he he always went back in the evening. I remember. Uh, uh, Darren McDonald telling me that he'd have to, he was waiting for him to come in and, and record something. And he actually had to call yeah. him to, to get him to come down.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like it was funny. especially, um, Wednesday nights, I always like to go to the opera house to hear the band. So I was like, I was always hoping that he would show up before nine because nine 30, we played back to the Bible. Yes. So there's a half hour of no interruption, So I could go into production put his commercials together. And so always looking at the clock, hoping to get in <laughs> in before nine o'clock so I could get it done. But uh, <laughs> oh yeah, he used to. And then of course he was there, um the night homestead furniture burned down. Yes. That was crazy because uh I was in production putting his commercials together and we had the windows open it was so hot and I could hear glass break. And so I looked out and heard the big black smoke coming out of the windows. Uh, went into Ian's office and said, Ian, I said, he was fired like, across the street. He looked out his window. He could see from his office. wrote a couple of phone numbers down. He said, call these people and tell them that the store's on fire. He said, I'm going to call 911. Well, not call the fire department. So he uh, gave him a number. I have no idea who they are. I just call him. Like, I, I, I'm not sure how this is your concern, but Homestead Furniture is on fire. I was the person who owned it. Oh, know. okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, they could have told me that, it would have been nice. But anyway, <laughs> and uh, it was the only time we stopped back to the Bible. And we stopped it halfway through, I remember. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he and I lowered a cord out the window down on uh, Pleasant Street, and Ian started doing his report and he did it for about two hours straight
1: is that it right <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. yeah i called the flame by flame report but, uh, yeah yeah it was uh, it was something else he could talk i, I never seen anybody who could talk like you did
1: yeah uh, it, it's, we went through quite a bit well i was just gonna say that that's a that's a uh, I guess a famous uh radio memory uh the homestead furniture fire
0: oh yeah yeah that was uh one of my one of the things that stick out it was like that, uh, of course the whole Allen Legier time yeah. I was on the air for that that was I uh, was pretty brutal and then, um, yeah a few other things I remember um, when we were in the new station and we had a, a high school girl on the air for uh, Sunday mornings it was the very first time she was on the air and the uh, via train rail. Train, train uh, derailed it was just outside of the city. Right, and uh, I
1: remember
0: uh, Jason Humphrey got on a somebody got him a snowmobile and he went out to the site. And, and uh, anyways, a uh, high school girl calls and he all in a panic, she's like, "You know, we're getting all these calls. I don't know what to do." She said, "TV stations are calling." And I'm like, don't worry, about it. I'll come down. So I put him down. I uh, said, so you answer the phones and pass them to me if, I need, if they want me, and you handle any of the public stuff, and I'll go on there to the one that mm-hmm. we were getting phone calls from CTV Newsnet, and they were wow. looking for updates. And, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. But, uh, you know, Jason was terrific. He was giving reports on the phone, he'd give me details, and then I talked to CTV Newsnet, and, uh, We'd be doing live cuts on TV and all that, and uh, yeah, it was, it was quite the like the uh,
1: morning for sure. Oh, I could imagine. I well, actually, I couldn't imagine. It's it's you know quite a thing, and <laughs> but but you know what's so different? Uh, I guess back then, you know, you just mentioned so you had the the new the high school high school girl that came in to, to work. You came down to help. Jason got on the the snowmobile and and went. Yeah. Um, We wouldn't have enough people to do that today.
0: No. Well, it's funny because when you asked me to do this, I was just thinking when I started there, we had, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, we had eight on-air announcers. Wow. We had a news guy. We had a news guy. We had a sports guy. We had mornings. Uh, then, uh. Ten to two, then two to six, and I worked six to midnight. And then we had somebody overnight as well. Yes. So, uh, he never, He didn't talk. He just. He went in and he played the music, mm-hmm. and I would record uh weather and a sports break on on card. He'd play them once an hour. Okay. Uh, just break it up.
1: Yeah. But, for sure. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: I think so, uh, I remember yeah. um, uh, the the Moncton stations back in the day. They actually I think they had um for overnight they actually had must have been carts or something that told the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they used to do that and then uh they went live. I remember C one oh three because it just started when I started. And uh guy that I went to college with, he was he worked midnights there, so it was all live and mm-hmm. he had like it was, you know, they were a big rock station. Mean, he had like complete freedom to do anything he wanted. He had he had a crazy imagination and, uh, oh, he used to, he used to have quite the show. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. And then he went on to do, um, he had a copywriting business for a while. He used to do all the Lounsberg films. and, uh, last I heard he's out in Europe or something
1: now. Wow. But, uh, Interesting. Really yeah. yeah. So you had so you started at the old location in eighty nine. So you, you must have seen yeah. you know, a, a lot of change in technology over the years.
0: Oh yeah. Like when I started we we were still playing uh records. We were on forty fives and then we switched to carts which is almost like an A track type for those who are not sure. Mm-hmm. And then uh then we went to C D and uh Then after I left, I had come back to work a couple of summers and uh, it was all computerized. And I I had to learn that. I was totally different to me. uh, It's funny. I can remember in 88, my teacher in college coming up to me and telling me, do you want to see what's going to be really big shortly? And he showed me a CD. And (laughs) it was the first time I ever saw
1: one. (laughs) Really?
0: Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah pretty crazy
1: that uh uh, from what uh michelle told me about the cart machines uh the cd must have been a blessing
0: oh yeah yeah the carts uh they had little pads on them and if they were worn out or anything it was really easy for them to get eaten in the cart i remember we used to have the Reco time Classic, which is always a song from the sixties or seventies. Yeah, and nine nine times out of ten, uh, it was uh, on a cart that we had gotten from another station that was very old. And you go to play it, you hit it, and all of a sudden get chewed up. And oh. I was like, okay, but I, I've been promoting this song for the last <laughs> three hours, and I go to play it and it's chewed up. What am I gonna do? You know, it's yeah, it's uh, they were not fun. I'll tell you that uh, when we switched to CD it was just, like it was set the blessing <laughs> yeah even the workload because like um, in order to get the cards ready you'd have to record the song from uh, 45 onto the card and then that's when we went into production into, into uh, broadcasting so you know that was added on to your production work besides doing commercials you mm-hmm. also had to record like, five, or, five or six songs a day
1: Whatever it may be, so. yeah, it's yeah. I couldn't imagine because, of course, you know, I, I started I would say seven years ago now, and and uh, you know, it's uh, obvi- obviously everything's on the computer. But I had one situation, and of course, uh, you know, the the production uh, departments missed this. But I remember I was filling in for Michelle a couple of years ago in the morning, and the song came on, and the song was twenty about twenty four seconds. And, it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it stopped and I'm like, what was that?
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Oh,
1: so, uh, yeah. you know, they, they, they obviously screwed up on the, the, you know, the, uh, beginning and the, the end of moment, uh, when they loaded that into the system, but, uh, oh, yeah you know, it, it's like,
0: it, it's like anything else, right? There, there there's always with the a human touch or even a machine touch, there's going to be pickups, right?
1: Like yeah. it, it's, yeah, absolutely.
0: But, and that's like, the that, that's one of the great things about radio is when something goes wrong, because you got you got to be quick on your feet and ad-lib through it. And, yeah. Uh, like I, I always relish those moments because I love, you know, I, I didn't mind something going wrong because, because I always you know play around with it. Or whatever. Yep. So, uh, yeah, for
1: that sure. That never
0: bothered me at all.
1: So when you started at CFAN, you started at evenings. What shifts did you do over your time there? Probably the mall.
0: Yeah, pretty close. Um, I did uh, Six to Midnight for two years. Then they uh, bumped me up for the uh, drive home. And that's uh, two to six. And then I was doing uh, 10 to two. Uh, and when you did 10 to two, you also you, you had come in at seven to do the news. Uh, you did headlines at 7.30 and then the big newscast at 7.45 which you, you did quite a bit. And uh, for, uh, for Darren on Thursdays, Darren was the morning guy. And uh, like I mentioned before, I like going to the opera house to hear the bands on Wednesday nights. So I'd still go out and I'd I come in a little late uh, for the 7.30, sometimes <laughs> at 7.25. And, and uh, so I had a mad rush to get it ready. and Darren <laughs> would be scrambling and, yeah, it used to be pretty funny. But I always got through it. And, uh, yeah, so that was funny. And then I ended up doing, uh, mornings I think for four or five years, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Started with Jason. Jason used to do the news.
1: Jason Humphrey. And
0: then, uh, yeah. And then, uh, Patty Quinn and I, for, uh, we had a lot of fun together as well. Yeah. And,
1: uh,
0: yeah. And then, uh, decided to call her quits and, uh, move on to a different field.
1: So when, when was your last, uh, last time before you changed careers? When, when was that?
0: Um, I want to say it was the first year we moved into that, into the new location. 2001,
1: maybe mm-hmm. 2002. That would, that would make sense.
0: No, it'd be 2002. Okay. Yeah. 2002.
1: So yeah. you were there for the, uh, for the, um, the flip to FM.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that was a memorable day, too, because uh, it was just Patty and I in the station. It was the first time we went on the air, and uh, they didn't really have it all set up yet. And uh, as a matter of fact, I had that engineer on the floor underneath where you guys broadcast from. Yeah. I'm sitting in the chair, and I, got, I had to spread my legs out a bit because his legs were coming out. He was still hooking things up. Wow. And... Patty was in the news booth, and he couldn't turn on his mic, and he didn't have a monitor. So he had a radio in there. Right. We were trying to time it that I turned on his mic when he turned the radio off, Of course, he didn't always, so he got feedback. (laughs) uh, It was, yeah. Well, it was funny, because Mr. Pace, one of the owners, was listening, Mm -hmm. and he called me, and he said, tell the engineer to get out of that room now.
1: (laughs) Oh, really?
0: (laughs) Yeah yeah it was, he must uh, have been
1: in the area if he was listening,
0: yeah he was he was he he had come in and uh, he was knocking things over while I was talking and, and it was it was uh it's quite a beginning But yeah. uh, we got through it you know we, you know lost
1: a lot any so we we talked about the you know the the homestead furniture fire uh the the train derailment. Uh, any, any favorite memories? And of course, you know, those are two, you know, basically tragedies or unfortunate happenings. Yeah. Any favorite memories of uh, being on the air at CFAN?
0: Oh, lots. Um, just the interaction with listeners was always great. Like I, I uh, when you're out on remotes, people coming up to you, I, I, am a people person and just mm-hmm. love that. Um, the phone calls we get were always Usually hilarious. Uh, some of the funnest times is when the hoppy dumb was doing his hockey games. Yeah. Um, I, I was doing the evening shift and uh, so I would operate the games. And, oh my God. He would be... He'd be at the other end. Of course, we're connected by telephone. So when we go to commercial, I'd pick up the phone and say, "Hey, Hoppy, you got so many minutes before you're back on." And <laughs>
1: of
0: course, we all know what Hoppy is like. And yep. Hoppy, like, hey kid, you know, could you, could you play a couple of commercials and still mix in my pop. Here. <laughs> you can hear the ice. and Oh yeah, yeah. You, like it was. It was. I was just always enjoyed uh, to work with him and. Usually he was with Jerry, and the two of them were great to work with. And, no, it was always fun times with them, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of the sports games we we broadcast were always fun. Uh, you know, we did the uh, Rivermen and Car- Newcastle Cardinals when they went to the senior championships. and, and uh, you know, you know, like even some of the local like merchants and that that did their cut in. Mm. We just lost Clary Hale. Yes, who uh, I, I just I just love talking to on the air. Like he always gave me a shot, I can win back, and we just laugh Like he was <laughs> so much fun to to work with, and yeah. uh,
1: you know,
0: Kenny Lloyd doing this. these uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like all that. That that's you know the, the thing I loved about radio, especially here, was like. A, you know, you could drop a name and everybody knew who you were talking to and that's what I like doing. Uh, uh, yeah, like, all, all that is great memory. It's a lot of fun. And, yeah. Uh, one of the reasons why I got into radio is uh, uh, the, the feedback you get. I mean, yeah, you, get, you had some haters and, and that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. they're allowed to, to have their opinions. But, uh, yeah. Gosh, I remember how times have changed when I worked the evening show. Like, Oh, the, the amount of kids that you had listening, that's crazy because you didn't have computers and you didn't have like TikTok music was just starting. <laughs> so, so where they got their music, you know, was on the radio and they'd be home taping them with their yep. up, uh, songs off the radio. And yep. they'd be calling and, uh, we used to do, uh, these dedications at uh, eight o'clock right. where they could request a song dedicated to somebody. And, uh, I would pick out the three best, and those with who you played. There was always something real funny in it and everything. Yeah, I remember different stores calling me up saying they were listening and just laughing their heads off over <laughs> over their calls. Oh yeah, but it'd be nothing to get like three or four hundred calls, like people voting for songs for like the remember she's seven, top seven at seven. Wow, like it was crazy. Oh yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. And,
1: that, and that's you know the the interaction, like I. Well, for I think almost the last six years, except for one, um, uh, you know, doing the, uh, all request new year's Eve show and yeah. that I'm telling you five hours feels like a half hour. It's just incredible. Yeah.
0: Fly spy. Yeah. 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 No, it's, uh, it, it's, it was never worked. It really wasn't like it, it was something where you just went in, had a lot of fun. Uh, every day was different, which was something that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. um, uh yeah it was uh you know there were stressful times same as any job. and but uh so it uh you know you do your remotes at different stores and you meet the public and yeah' it was always fun. some charity event that was uh enjoyable to do as well so it was uh and then you know you got to interview a lot of bands too which was really cool but yeah. at that time uh the high tide especially uh any Canadian act you can think of in the eighties pretty much played here in Miramichi Like uh you know, we had the tragically hit play at the high tide. Like you would never, you know, be amazed at hearing that, right? But yeah, no, they uh they play here. I got to interview them, which was really cool. Cool. Um yeah. Uh they were the only band that we had that their manager said not to interview live
1: had to be recorded.
0: Correct on that. Yeah, uh, had to be recorded. I <laughs> yep, had to recorded. do a little bit of editing. There was some language that uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually if you got time, um I remember my very first interview with the band was with Trooper. Okay. And I found I found out ten minutes before they came in that I was doing it and it was gonna be live. And I would I think I was only there for like three months, so I was pretty green and I was just like, Oh my god, I've got an interview. It. You know, this guy is gonna be live it's like he's a little stressed out over it and yeah he came in and he sat down and of course the song's playing before we, we come on the air and he's like are you all right oh yeah i said just uh i said just don't swear okay and he's like oh no he said uh not till the end so i said oh god <laughs> so anyway the whole interview it was it, it went smooth and everything and he goes uh so is this the part where I'm supposed to swear? And I was like, my <laughs> eyes, I think, came right out of my head. He just starts laughing. He's just, Don't worry, man. And then, uh, so it was all done, and, and they played that night. I went, and I uh, got to go backstage with them, and it nice. was really cool. Yeah. But then a year later, they came back to play, and he came in again to do an interview, and he sits down, and he said, Are, you're not as nervous as that? Like, he actually remembered it Wow.
1: How cool is that?
0: Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah. that was pretty neat. So, yeah, some pretty cool moments up that way. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and that's that's kind of the the uh, I guess the extra benefit of radio. You 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 know you're getting paid to be on the radio, but those are things that if you didn't work in radio, you'd never have that experience.
0: Oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, like some of the people you got to meet, and uh, even like like I'm a E.A. now at uh at the uh, Nata, Nata School and, and through my radio connections we managed to get Brian Trotja to come to our school because Clary, Clary had brought him in for a Riverman auction. So I asked Clary if uh he could bring Tracey to our school because he he's First Nation. And uh so we brought him down, he played floor hockey with our kids and, and we there for like two and a half hours. He was having so much fun. It was really cool. So and then another time we got uh a whole old timers team to come we cooked them breakfast and they all came and sat with us It's like Bob Colbert and Billy Smith and like the kids probably didn't know who they were. They just knew they played in the NHL. So they were all you know it was amazing. And yeah, uh, I think the teachers are more fun with it because you knew who these guys were. So <laughs> it's kind uh, of cool.
1: So, yeah. No that's and that and that's the thing. It's it's uh you know making those connections with the people in the community and, and that's what's nice about being from the community working in the community and um you know know, where you could be working in radio in another location and you have to work at making those connections with people where here you've basically already had them
0: exactly yeah oh yeah like um just another example i know when patty and i were on the air survivor was really big back then Mm -hmm. so uh we I don't know how it happened, but we ended up having a and we we set it up ourselves. It wasn't through the radio station. We just did it on our own. We set up a contest with a, a class at Harkins Middle School, uh, where a different one of their students would call every Wednesday and try and predict who got picked off the island, and we would make a prediction. They would, and then whoever won won a little prize, like they'd send them candy or something like that. And then uh, so, this was going on for quite a while, and then it was like the grand And like everybody was talking about it, dude. they thought it was really cool. And then we said, Well, we got to do something at the very end, make a big prize. So, finally, we went to the management. We said, You know, we've been doing this and paying out our own pockets. Is so there way anyway you guys can get us a, a big prize and give them as a reward for it? So, anyway, so, they made a deal with, uh, I think it was Subway. We got a party sub or something. We delivered it in person. So, it was really well, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's something small. We probably couldn't do it in a big market, but uh, yeah. here we could. Yeah. Uh, it was a good lot.
1: Any, any moments, like you, you said that, you know, with, with the derailment or any, any type of situation like that, if there was technology, uh, you're, you know, you're pretty able, you're pretty, you know, quick to adapt to the situation and, and try to keep things going. Uh, anytime. Did you ever have a time that you just kind of got flustered or you just couldn't get yourself out of a situation?
0: One of the toughest things I did was we we did uh, we started doing live remotes where you did the whole show from a store. And I remember when Sobeys Douglas Douglastown opened, they booked us for a four-hour uh, do the morning show there. Mm-hmm. And so I went down, I set up, but we couldn't hear the radio. The radio wouldn't work because of all the steel in the
1: building. Right.
0: And so you're trying to, you're trying to do a show where, but you can't hear anything. Like you can't hear what song's playing. You don't know anything. So you got Michelle. yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Michelle without the station. So she'd be telling me what song's playing. I'd write it down. And then she's like, okay, she'd count me down. And it was, uh, like that, that seemed like a lot of work. It, it was, yeah. uh. It wasn't smooth at all right? and then you got people coming up and talking to you and you're trying to listen and uh, it was a tough situation I was like you well, know maybe next time make sure you can make sure a radio plays there that just help us because you know like you, you can't hear anything yeah right? you know it's pretty it's pretty awkward but um, you know, I worked one shift where we had no power so I sat there for five hours answering the phone people you know you know, you're not on the air. Well, yeah, I'm sitting in the dark. But, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. But, you know, and it was different back then too because there was no computers, but people would rely on the radio more, like on uh, something as simple as lot well six forty nine numbers. Like the night those numbers were drawn, like we mm. get two hundred phone calls, people looking for the numbers. Like it's <laughs> insane. Or, or schools, school closures was always the worst morning because. Yeah. Everybody be calling to see if school's open or not. You get like, well, the phone would not stop ringing from six o'clock or eight till about eight 30. And there was just like myself and the news guy that's it. So we are trying to answer them all. Yeah. <laughs> he show at the same time, but, uh, it's he, he, different now. I love no school days. But,
1: uh, besides <laughs> it, <yeah. laughs> and, and that's you the know. thing. Like, uh, I think, uh, now it's at the station, um, if uh, Michelle doesn't have uh, Sherry on from Big Brothers Big Sisters for the Gold Rush draw, people are calling and wondering who's, uh, you know, what the number was, or if anybody won.
0: Oh, I'm telling you, when uh, Back to the Bible was two minutes late, my phone lines would be lit right up for Seriously? funerals. If we, oh yes, uh, when we read funerals, if we, I remember one day we didn't have any, and somebody called up and she was, how comes there's no funerals? And I said, well, nobody died, like. We don't have any to put on," he said. "Well, I don't think that's right." You're hung up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't make these up. <laughs> no.
1: Oh dear! No. One time, uh, the yeah. what happened? Uh, the fan, the exhaust fan at the transmitter died. So oh, okay. So that had a buildup of heat in the in the transmitter building, which shut down the transmitter. So we were, and I don't, I can't remember which day of the week, whether it was a Sunday or, or, or whatever it was, but it was a, it was a situation where, uh, everything worked at the station, but the transmitter went down and we were waiting for, you know, it or the, the, the engineer to come and swap out the fan, but it was getting close to funeral announcement time. And, uh, it's like. You know, are you going to be able to put the funeral announcements on? Well, no, we can't put anything on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, and and boys, if uh, you know, like the whole, all of machine shut down at twelve oh one just to hear the funeral. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. if you're if you're doing a remote in the store, you can just see everybody stop to listen. Like it was uh, that was that was that was just a fabric of the community, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You, uh, yeah, and that was that was probably one of the most nerve-wracking times, like you're reading them, and you, oh. you want to make sure you get everything right, and your wife watching that phone, if it's going to light up or not, if you make a mistake, yeah. you have to do something over again, and uh, yeah. I remember one day, I had uh, 18 funeral to read,
1: oh, the most twice. I ever
0: had. Yeah, I had to read them twice. Oh. so I, I actually, I actually put a check mark on the bottom every time I read one because I knew if I didn't, I wasn't going to remember if I read it once or twice or three times. Like, I was really worried about that, so I put a check mark on the bottom every time I read one, so I know I was done. Wow, and I know I started. I remember I started at twelve, and I was done at twelve. 40 i
1: think yeah i was gonna say
0: yeah and then i had to do news sports and weather after that so oh, i was goodness. done that at uh 12 55. so i read 55 minutes straight oh my god pretty much and uh yeah it was uh, i had a big drink after that
1: i bet you <laughs> because I, I i was i'm yeah. glad you mentioned that because i was doing the math in my head because i know it takes about a minute per funeral announcement yeah and yep. thankfully now we only have to read it once and thankfully yeah we're you know it's recorded we just record it yeah if you may make a mistake you can snip it out and go on but uh yeah Yeah. 40 minutes plus then you lose after that that's unreal
0: oh yeah yeah it was uh and like you like to read things over before you go on the air but like with that many funerals it was just impossible so you're kind of just praying you're not getting a name that you're not sure of yeah uh, luckily it wasn't too bad that's wow. where it coming from here, machine really helps, right? You know, exactly. Things,
1: but, uh, exactly.
0: Yeah. No, it, it's uh, crazy.
1: You made the decision to move on. So when, when did you leave? What year?
0: Yeah. I left in, uh, 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was doing the morning show then and, um, decided to get into sales a little bit. So I went to, uh, Lounsbury Furniture, to work there for two years. I always liked teaching. That was something I, uh, always wanted to, I always enjoyed I remember when I was in college, we had, uh, uh, when I was in my second year, we had to train some of the first years in how to work the board and all that. Instead of having one or two students, I'd end up with eight or nine and and Mm -hmm. telling them how to do it and all that. Uh, It's just something I always enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to become an EA and I've been doing that for 15, 16 years and and, and I love. love every day of it. It's a lot of
1: fun. Well, you had mentioned that, uh, you're, you know, when you get into radio, you're a people person doing, you know, getting out and making those connections. So it only makes sense that, uh, you know, you continue to be a people person, but to help students in the school system.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. Not school. It's a small Mm -hmm. school. We have about 80, between 80 and 90 students a year. And, uh, no, it's, uh, pretty amazing to, uh, go into work and work with them every single day and we got a great staff and uh, the community's unreal like uh, great support Uh, Keith Ganesh is uh, very pro education and anytime you need any help at all he's always more than willing to do something for you. Um, I remember we first time we started a drama club we had uh, uh, John Bosma come in to do it. uh, We went to Fredericton and we won I think two or three awards for for acting or best play, something anyways. And uh, when we came back, George organized a big community celebration. When we go back to school; there were balloons everywhere, and all, all, half the community was there to you know congratulate the kids. Nice, just amazing for the kids to see that. Eh? Like it was really cool. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty neat. It's uh,
1: you know, it's it's interesting how. Uh, like i said you know you, you you've been in the community but you still work in the community you you really can't fake that can you if you know you you're sincere you you uh you know you wear your emotions on your sleeve i guess you're people can see that they can sense your sincerity or your uh, willingness to help others and things like that and 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 i'm supposed uh, you know whether it was in radio or whether as an ea you know people can see that and appreciate it
0: yeah, I hope so. Anyway, um, you know, it's uh, something I enjoy. Like you know, I know, even uh, like one of the biggest changes since being a radio is I have a daughter now, and her uh, growing up, like anything she was involved in, I tried to help out. It's like play basketball, so I end up coaching her team, even though I knew nothing about basketball. But I, uh, you know, thank goodness for the internet, I had a lot of fun with that, and you know, even. Even now, like, you know, schools need anything, I'm always willing to help out. And it's on a couple of committees and stuff like that, so it's, uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed supporting supporting Machine as much as possible, like any local event that are going on, we always try to attend, it's uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, and, it's, you know, it's a great community, like, like I was telling you before we started, uh, this summer I'm spending a lot of time in Moncton, and after being down there two weeks, um, I am so glad that I live in there creek <laughs> Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. Uh, and I imagine with, uh, being an EA, uh, the, um, the hours, I should say probably the sleeping hours are a lot better than they were in radio.
0: Yeah, you could say that. Um, you know, it's funny though. Like when I did the morning shift, I get up at four o'clock and I go in at five and, uh, that never bothered me because I, I, I really enjoyed, being off at 12 o'clock one o'clock whatever it may be and then having the rest of the day mm-hmm. it was like i really enjoyed that a lot like, i liked it uh probably more than any shift i did i found it it just flew by like uh you know your first three hours there it's just you and the news guy and uh you know luckily with jason and patty two great guys were a lot of fun to work with uh, always a lot mm-hmm. of laughs and uh and uh, then everybody else would come in and half your day is already over. So it's kind of cool that way. Yeah. Uh, the, the biggest difference I find now is I get every weekend off, I get summers off, holidays off. And, uh, yeah, You know, when I first started, we worked six days a week. Oh, wow, really? You to work, yeah, you had to work 13 straight days in order to get a weekend off. So it was, uh, you know, took up a lot of your time. It wasn't... Uh, Mm-hmm. It was a little bit different back then and then finally it switched and then of course the longer you're there, the more some even. the yeah.
1: uh,
0: more holidays you got, that sort of thing. It's nice. And with remotes, when we used to do remotes, they, they we never got paid for them and then they started to pay us twenty five dollars a remote or you can get two hours off and bank them. And mm. I fi- I figured out with well, $25, you're only getting half by the time taxes are all done, so was two hours is actually better. And yeah. then I did probably 80% of the remote back then, so like I ended up with a 10 weeks holiday with, with <laughs> all the time owed and everything, so that was pretty cool. <laughs>
1: Do they ever have any issues with all the time that you built up?
0: No, they never said anything. It just, you know, you, you had to take time certain time. Like, you could never take time off at Christmas or anything like that. Yeah. But uh, that that was fine. But, you know, no. January, February, you could take a couple weeks off. And, uh, no, it was uh, always good.
1: What do you miss the most about radio? Uh,
0: the people. Just interacting with the public is probably the biggest thing. Um, I, I still catch myself every once in a while on if I'm alone in the car and I get the radio on and songs and gone, I'll try and propose or something silly like that. And yep. uh, the creativity was something I really enjoyed. Like I really I always prided myself and always making sure I had a lot of things to talk about when I went on the air. Like I was probably over prepared almost every time and uh mm. uh I'm still, I'm, I'm still uh, uh, information junkie. Like uh, I read five, six newspapers every day. I, you know, keep keep up to date with the music, with the uh, sports, with entertainment, all that. I still do. It's, it's something that I enjoy. And, uh, but the people, the most, uh, you know, it's something I really enjoyed with uh, interacting with everybody. The phone calls, the guests. You have people you don't even know that were listeners, and you you talk to them so often, you recognize their voice right away, like for different mm-hmm. contests and stuff. And and uh, you know it would be like somebody from Rogersville that calls every week to win something. You you know, as soon as she said hello, you knew who it was. She said, <laughs> that stuff was always really cool, right? Like that was, uh, and that's that's something I think radio's starting to lose a lot is the yeah. interaction with people because it's you know everything's recorded. Monsters yep. are not even from here anymore. It, uh, it's too bad. Like we're we're lucky with you guys at uh, the river. You still got you know at least a couple of lives in there. Uh, yeah, you don't you don't see that very much anymore. Like even C one hundred three, their morning show is from Halifax. You know, crazy.
1: That's strange. I... So,
0: yeah, and that's something I would never thought I'd ever see. So it's uh, it's definitely a changing industry.
1: For sure, you know, especially. Uh you know, that that station had a huge following, you know, from day one, and to, oh, to think yeah. that they would not have a live morning show is just strange.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it just, uh, I was shocked when I found out about it. I was just like, holy cow, like I said, I, I'm kind of glad I left when I did, because uh, I'd be disappointed for sure by, by what's happened.
1: Well, Ev Gray, it's, it's been great to, uh, you know, catch up with you and, and have this opportunity to uh, you know, find out more about your radio days at CFAN and, uh, uh, I can't tell you how much I enjoy this. And you mentioned some names, uh, of course, Patty Quinn, he's, uh, he's already chomping at the bit to get on here. Uh, I'm going to oh, touch yeah. base with, uh, Jason Humphrey and, yeah. uh, I want to get Jerry Green on here and some other folks. Yeah. So, uh, the old just guys. A, yeah, just a you know, kind of a way to, you know, uh, the folks that been on the radio here, you know, and, uh, names that people re- will remember, and of course, you know, Darren McDonald, uh, just trying to get him uh, uh, yeah. organized, and um, and his sister, uh, Jeannie.
0: Je- yes, I heard Jeannie uh, last week. She sounds great. amongst them. she's doing fantastic.
1: She's been doing this a long time.
0: Yeah, she was there. What, she was come on after me when I was doing uh, The Drive Home, so probably early 90s, like 93, I think Saturday, some, yeah. Somewhere around there, ninety three, ninety four. Yeah, she was, She was. She was always a lot of fun to work with. We had a lot of fun. Uh, she always tried to make me laugh on the air, and uh, well, just before she went on. and uh, Yeah, no, she was a lot of fun.
1: Well, Ev, uh, all the best uh, in your uh, you know coming up for the fall, another school year.
0: Yeah. Yes, hopefully COVID free.
1: Yes, that's, I'm kind of. Uh, well, at the college, we, we've got a blended approach for the fall anyway, and hopefully, maybe more in the classroom in the wintertime. But uh, yeah, uh, it, it'd be nice to get this behind us for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, listen, John, I, I, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity. And uh, I remember calling you when you first started and saying how great you sounded. And I've always enjoyed listening to you. And uh, you sounded fantastic on the air. And you can put us, you're definitely in there with all the legends, that's for sure. <laughs>
1: well, coming from you, Ev, that uh, you look that—that that means the world to me. So I always appreciate uh, the kind words that you uh, sent my way. So oh. I appreciate that very much.
0: Yeah, no problem, buddy.
1: Anytime. A big thank you to Ev Gray for joining me on the Johnny O Show. Great to be able to have a chat with Ev and hear the stories from his days at 790 CFAN and 99.3 The River. Make sure you uh, subscribe to Drive On Media for future episodes of The Johnny O Show. Uh, Whether you're listening on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform, don't forget you can also listen and subscribe on the website driveon.podbean.com. Once again, that's driveon.podbean.com. Thank you to Jamie Alexander from the River Music Festival for designing the logo for the Johnny O Show. And the theme music that you hear was provided by Jason Barry of Barry Tone Studios. And just a reminder, please like the Drive On Media Facebook page and share it among your friends and family. And stay up to date with everything that's going on with the Johnny O Show presented by Drive On Media. The next episode, episode 11, will be another guest from uh, the CFAN days, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening, and again, make sure you subscribe to Drive On Media on your favorite podcasting platform.